Welcome to Chapter 1 of Begin to Code with JavaScript by Rob Miles. I'm reading out the chapters of my book as a kind of podcasty type thing for people that want to hear the text as well as actually read it. You can find the other podcasts on robmiles.com slash jspodcast and you can also find all the source code, sample code and link to the media on begin to code with javascript.com. And without further ado, unless you really like a do, have a do. I don't mind. Here's chapter one. OK, a few conventions here. I'm talking normally. Now. This is normal body text. If I'm saying a heading, it will sound a little bit more like this. So that's a heading or a piece of code. And this is me just talking. Does that make perfect sense? <laughs> I'm rather pleased it does. OK, so the world of JavaScript. We're going to start our journey by looking at the world of JavaScript. We'll begin by considering just what it is that a programming language does. Then we'll investigate the JavaScript programming language and discover how JavaScript programs can get to run on your computer. We'll learn how web pages provide an environment for JavaScript and how to use hypertext markup language and cascading style sheets to create containers for our JavaScript programs. We'll discover just how powerful modern web browsers are with software development tools and how to have a conversation with JavaScript from within a browser. We'll also learn how to manage our software source code and share it with others. Fantastic stuff. That's the whole of this part. Let's have a look at chapter... <laughs> Sorry, hang on. Chapter 1. That's better. Sorry. Chapter 1. That's better. Running JavaScript. What you will learn. Okay, so programmers have a set of tools and techniques they use when they create their programs. In this chapter, you're going to learn, you're going to discover how a JavaScript, how a JavaScript programs run, <laughs> how JavaScript programs run on a computer. That's better. You'll also have your first of many conversations with the JavaScript command prompt and investigate your first JavaScript program. Finally. You'll download the Visual Studio Code tool and the example programs for this book and do some simple editing. Wonderful. What is JavaScript? Before we go off and look at JavaScript, it's just it's worth considering just what we're running. JavaScript is a programming language. In other words, it's a language that you use to write programs. A program is a set of instructions that tells a computer how to do something. We can't use a proper language like English to do this because proper English is just too confusing for a computer to understand. As an example, I give you the doctor's instructions. Drink your medicine after a hot bath. We'd probably have the hot bath and drink our medicine. A computer would probably drink the hot bath and then drink its medicine. You can interpret the instructions above either way because the English language allows you to write ambiguous statements. Programming languages must be designed so that the instructions written using them are not open to interpretation. They must tell the computer precisely what to do. This usually means breaking instructions down into a sequence of simple steps. Step 1. Drink. <laughs> don't, no, don't drink your hot bath. That's silly. Step 1. Take a hot bath. Step two, drink your medicine. We can get this effect in English, as you can see above, by organizing the text, but a programming language forces us to write instructions in this way. JavaScript is just one of many programming languages which have been invented to provide humans with a way of telling the computer what to do. 
In my programming career, I've learned many different languages over the years, and I confidently expect to have to learn even more in the future. None of them are perfect, and I see each of them as a tool that I would use in a particular situation, just like I'd use a different tool depending on whether I was making a hole in a brick wall, a pane of glass, or a piece of wood. Some people get very excited when talking about the best programming language. I'm happy to discuss what makes the best language, just as I'm happy to tell you about my favourite type of car, but I don't see this as something to get worked up about. I love JavaScript for its power and the ease with which I can distribute my code. I love Python for its expressiveness and I can create complex solutions with tiny bits of code. I love the C-sharp programming language for the way it pushes me to produce well-structured solutions. I love C++ for the way it gives me absolute control of hardware underneath my program, and so on. JavaScript does have a few things that make me want to tear my hair out <laughs> in frustration, but that's true of other languages too. And all programming languages have things about them that I love. But most of all, I love JavaScript for the way it can be used to pay my bills. This is a programmer's point. The best programming languages, the best language for you is the one that pays you the most. I think it's, we have these programmers' points throughout the text, and I think it's very fitting that the very first one has a strong commercial focus. Whenever I get asked which is the best programming language, I always say my favourite language is the one I get paid the most to use. It turns out that I'll write in any programming language if the price is right. I strongly believe you can enjoy programming well in any language, and that includes JavaScript. And also, if you want to, you can write horrible programs and have a horrible time using any other language. The language is just the medium you use to express your ideas. That's all. So if you tell someone you're writing JavaScript and they say, that's not a very good programming language for reasons that you don't understand, just show them how many jobs there are out there for people that write JavaScript code and then get in your expensive sports car and drive home to your big house. <laughs> and why not? So there you go. JavaScript origins. You might think that programming languages are a bit like space rockets in that they are designed by white-coated scientists with mega brains who get everything right first time and always produce perfect solutions. However, this is not the case. Programming languages have been made for over the years for all kinds of reasons, including ones like, hmm, I mean, it seemed a good idea at the time. JavaScript was invented by Brendan Eich of Netscape Communications Corporation and first appeared in a Netscape web browser released at the end of 1995. It had a whole bunch of different names before the company decided on JavaScript. And this was actually a really silly choice of name because it got the language confused with a language called Java, which is actually quite different from JavaScript. Now, JavaScript was invented as a way of making web pages interactive. Um, its name reflects the way it was supposed to work alongside Java applications at the time these things were called applets, which ran inside a web browser. However, JavaScript ended up being expanded beyond the expectations of its creator, and now it's one of the most popular programming languages in the world. Whenever you visit a website, it's almost certain you'll be talking to a JavaScript program. Now, I'm going to teach you JavaScript, but actually I'm trying to teach you to, to, to turn you into a programmer.
The fundamentals of program creation are the same for JavaScript and pretty much all programming languages. Once you've learned how to write JavaScript, you can transfer this skill into many other languages, including C++, C Sharp, Visual Basic, and Python. It's a bit like if you learn to drive a car, once you've got the hang of the fact you had to have a steering wheel and pedals and, and there's a switch for the lights somewhere if you can find it and so on, then you can get into a car, figure out what to do in that particular car and set off in your journey. So here we go. So JavaScript and the web browser. Okay. Now, the inventor of JavaScript intended for it to be used in a browser and that's how we're going to start using it. It's possible to create JavaScript programs that run outside the browser and we'll consider how to do this in the later parts of the text. You can use any modern browser that you wish, but the exercises in this text use a browser based on the Chromium framework. I'm using Microsoft Edge Chromium, which is available for Windows PC and Apple Mac. You can use Google Chrome or the Chromium browser for Linux or whatever you fancy. Your first brush with JavaScript. You've reached a significant point in the process of learning how to program. We're about to begin exploring how programs work. This is a bit like opening the front door of a new apartment or house or getting into a shiny new car you've bought. It's an exciting time, so take a deep breath, find a nice cup or glass of something you like to drink and settle down comfortably. Now this is a make something happen element and these are screencasts that go along with the spoken text to show you bits and pieces. And so you'll have to find a PC and find a browser and find a video and watch it. You can find links to all the videos on begintocobajavascript.com or on robmiles.com slash jspodcast. So go there and watch that video and then come back to me and listen some more. Thanks for coming back. I hope you find that uh, useful and instructive. <laughs> if you didn't, watch it again until it makes sense. That's actually a very important point. If you try and keep going because you didn't, even though you didn't get that bit, you might find things get really hard real quick. So keep on hammering at it. Read through the text, look at the words in the book uh, and all that kind of good stuff until that kind of makes sense and then move forward to the next section. Tools. You'll need some software to get the best out of the exercises in this book. We're going to start with two, a program called Git, which will manage the programming files we work on, and a program called Visual Studio Code, which we will use to work on the files. Neither of these will cost you any money, and they are available for Windows, Macintosh, and Linux-based computers. You can follow through the printed instructions, or you can use one of my video walkthroughs, of which more a little later. Now, we go programmers point git and visual studio code are professional tools when you learn to ride a bike you probably have one with training wheels and people learning to drive a car usually start in something small and easy to handle you are learning programming with the tools that professionals work with this is a bit like learning to drive using a formula one racing car however there's nothing to worry about here a Formula One car might look a bit scary, but it still has a steering wheel and the usual set of pedals. You don't have to drive it fast if you don't want to, and the consequences of a crash <laughs> in Visual Studio Code are much less. GitHub and Visual Studio Code have a huge range of features, but you don't have to use them. 
just like there are buttons on my car dashboard that I don't press because <laughs> I'm not sure what they do, you don't have to know about every feature of these tools to make good use of them. I think it's very sensible to start working with professional tools as recruiters are often interested in the tools that you are familiar with as much as they are the programming languages that you know. Getting Git. The source code of programs you write is stored on your computer as files of text. You work on your programs by changing the contents of these files. When I was starting out programming, I learned very quickly that you can go backwards as well as forwards when writing software. Sometimes I would spend loads of time making changes to my programs that would turn out to be a bad idea. I have to go back and undo them all. I solved this problem by making copies of my program code before I did any major edits. That way, if anything goes bad, I can go back to my original files. Lots of other programmers spotted this problem too. They also noticed that if you release a program to users, it's very useful to have a snapshot of this code so that you can take tr keep track of any changes that you make. The best programmers are great at being intelligently lazy, and so they created software to manage their software versions. One of the most popular programs to do this is called Git. Git was created in 2005 by Linus Torvalds, who was writing the Linux operating system at the time. He needed a tool that could track what he was doing and make it very easy for him to work with other people. So he created his own. Git's a professional tool and very powerful. It lets large numbers of developers work together on a single project. Different teams can work on their own versions of the code, which you can then merge. There's no need for you to use all these powerful features, though. We're just going to use Git to keep track of your work and as a way of obtaining the sample programs. What we have next is a double feature, make something happen, where you install Git and Visual Studio Code. So same with as last time, follow the links in either begintocodewithjavascript.com or robmiles.com slash jspodcast. Uh, drift down there, watch the, the videos, follow through and install the... Um, um, <laughs> How do I find follow through so funny? Uh, I said, follow through and install the actual applications and you'll be fine. And come back when you've done that. What you have learned. You might really spend a lot of this chapter just following instructions, but actually you've learned rather a lot. You've discovered that JavaScript is a programming language a means by which you can tell a computer how to do something. You've had a conversation with JavaScript itself. You've learned that looking after the source files of your programs is important. Although great programmers sometimes think of very silly names, for example, Git. You've installed the Git Pro system on your uh, computer and you've used the program editor Visual Studio Code to actually edit your program. You've copied the entire example codes onto your machine by cloning a repository held on GitHub and you've even managed to edit one text file and view the effects in your browser. Now to reinforce your understanding of this chapter, you might want to consider the following profound questions about JavaScript, computers, programs and programming. What does the word, what does the word script mean in the name JavaScript? Well, the word script, glad you asked that. <laughs> the word script in the name refers to the way that JavaScript programs were intended to run. The browser would read each JavaScript instruction and then just perform it, just like an actor would act out the script of a play. 
this is not how all programming languages work. Some languages are designed to be compiled. This means that the source code of the program is converted into the low-level instructions that are run by the computer hardware. These low-level instructions are then directly obeyed by the hardware to make the program run. Now, compiled languages run faster than scripts because the compiled program, when it runs, the computer doesn't have to put any effort into working out what the program's doing. It just has to run it. However, if you do have a compiled program, you need a different version for every single computer because they all have different hardware. So you need one, one program for Windows PC, one program for Raspberry Pi, one program for Apple Macintosh, and so on. Now, JavaScript was intended to perform simple tasks inside a browser, and all those machines have browsers that can understand the same versions of, of JavaScript. So the idea is that um, we wanted to run this thing on lots of different platforms, and we found a way of doing it by making the program itself run a bit more slowly. But people have got very good at writing browsers now, and so now JavaScript programs run extremely quickly. Next question. Does, Java, does my JavaScript program run on the web server? No. The web server just serves up the files. So you put in the address of the website and that arrives in your browser which then runs it. Um, the browser is the program that actually runs on your PC and that's the one that takes your JavaScript code and gives it life. Do JavaScript programs run at the same speed on all computers? No. The faster the host computer, the faster the browser, and of course the JavaScript it's running will go. So, no, they're different speeds on different machines. Do JavaScript programs run faster if I have a faster network connection? Not necessarily. A faster network connection will improve the speed at which the JavaScript programs are loaded, but the actual speed of the the speed at which the program runs is determined by the speed of the host computer. Having said that, if your JavaScript program talks to the network, of course that bit will go more quickly. Can we view the JavaScript programs in every page we visit? Yes, you can. The F12 trick, which is pressing F12 well, when viewing a page in a web browser, will open up a development view of the page. You can use this to view the JavaScript source code in the page. If you're, if you're concerned about someone copying your JavaScript code, you can use a tool called an obfuscator, which is a piece of software that changes the appearance, but not the behavior, of a program to make it very hard for someone else to understand. And take a look at, um, there's, there, there are, just search for this JavaScript obfuscator on the web and you'll find some programs that will do that for you. How big can a JavaScript program be? A JavaScript program can be very large indeed, and modern web browsers are very good at handling large programs, and the speed of networks means they're brought down very quickly. Some people have created complete computer emulations that run in JavaScript that actually work inside the browser. Can you run JavaScript outside a web browser? Yes, you can. Some web pages can be converted into applications which then run on the local computer. There are also ways in which a computer can be made to host a JavaScript application in the same way that a browser does. We'll look at these things later in the book. Why is Git called Git? This is probably the hardest question in the book. In the UK, the word Git 
is a form of mild abuse. You would call someone a git if they spilled your drink on purpose. It seems that Linus Torvalds called his first version of the program his stupid content, content tracker and then came up with the word git as a shorter version of this. Can you do private work on GitHub? Yes, you can. GitHub's very popular with programmers that are making open source projects. We can also make a GitHub repository private so that only you can see it. If you use the free subscription, you may be limited in how many private repositories you can have, uh, but um, it's, it's able for you to make things that only you can see. What do I do if I break my program? Some people worry that the things they do with the program on the computer might break the hardware in some way. I used to worry about this too, but I've conquered this fear by making sure that whenever I do something, I always have a way back. Git and GitHub are very useful in this respect. Later in the text, we'll discover how to use GitHub to take snapshots of projects which we can return to if we break our code. So if we make a mistake, we can wind back time to pre-mistake history, if you like, and go from there instead. And we can use this to sort of search for changes in the project too. So you can check which lines it was that you changed to find out where your mistake might be. Why is the Visual Studio Code display of the programs in different colors? Well, this is called source code highlighting. Visual Studio Code contains a list of words that are special as far as JavaScript and HTML are concerned. These special words are called keywords and for each keyword Visual Studio has a characteristic color. In the case of your studio, keywords are blue, functions are yellow, strings of text are orange, and everything else is white. The intention is to make it easier for programmers to understand the structure of the program by looking at the colors. There's nothing in the JavaScript program that specifies the color of each word or letter. It's Visual Studio which is doing this based on what it sees in the code. Will artificial intelligence mean that one day we won't have to write programs? Now this is a very deep question. To me, artificial intelligence is a field where lots of people are working very hard to make a computer really good at guessing. It turns out if you give the computer lots of information and tell it how the information is related, a program can use this, all this stuff, to make a pretty good guess as to the context of a statement. Um, I suppose computers and humans are similar in that we both do a bit of guessing every now and then and maybe one day a doctor really will want me to drink a hot bath before I take my medicine which was right at the start in which case I'll do the wrong thing however human beings seem to have a much greater capacity to store experiences and link them together which puts the computer at a disadvantage when it comes to being intelligent maybe in time this will change in specific fields of expertise for example finance medical diagnosis playing chess ai can do very well however as far as i'm concerned when it comes to telling the computer exactly what to do uh, we'll be needing programmers for quite a long time to do this certainly long enough for you and me to both pay off our mortgages. That marks the end of chapter one of Begin to Code with JavaScript by Rob Miles. Thank you so much for listening. You can find more podcast episodes at robmiles.com slash jspodcast and all the resources and bits and pieces at begintocodewithjavascript.com. Thank you.